Hi everyone, my name is Joseph, and today I want to discuss The Boy and the Heron, a film that released December 8th, 2023, and I specifically watched the dub version, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that date that I just stated is the Western release, not the Japanese release. Before I talk about the movie itself, um, I want to quickly explain my choice to watch it dubbed. When it comes to foreign films, I typically do my best to watch it in the original language, but in this case, I watched it dubbed because I am a big fan of Christian Bell. Um, usually, I'm not a fan of actors or acting in general. I do recognize the craft that's present uh, within acting, but I'm just more involved with storytelling and things like that. So I'm always more impressed with the directors and the writers, playwrights, and so forth. Um, but when it comes to Christian Bell, uh, I did come to notice in most of the movies that I've seen with him in it, or practically all the movies, he's always doing such a great job with portraying the character. And uh, I just really appreciate that. So that's why I've never seen Christian Bale in a voice acting role. And I really know he's such a great actor when it comes to live film presence. So that's why I was quite excited to check out Bale in this voice acting role. In addition to that, uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. So of course, everyone probably recognizes him from uh, Twilight. Uh, but um, uh, if one goes beyond, if one goes through his filmography, through the work that he's done, uh, one might be shocked to discover that Patterson is a really great actor as well. Uh, I haven't seen too many, too many movies with him uh, included, but I have seen, uh, I believe it's just called The King on Netflix. Uh, he was great in that movie. And I saw another movie with him as well. It was a drama that came out a while back ago. I can't remember specifically the title, um, but I really appreciated his acting uh, style there as well. So that's why I made the choice to go ahead and watch this dubbed uh, and then I won't lie, uh, I did watch Marvel's The Eternals, and I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I was a big fan of the movie and its characters. I thought it did a really good job of, especially considering with everything that it had, uh, I think it did a good job with what was uh, given to that director, forgot her name, but Hema Chan, uh, she plays, I forgot the characters, but the protagonist from The Eternals, she was also present in this movie as well. So personally for me, I did enjoy those actors, and of course, one cannot not mention, uh, excuse me, the double negative one, uh, needs to mention William Defoe, Mark Hamill, and uh, I believe I'm missing one more individual. Give me a quick second. William Defoe, Mark Hamill. I, I believe yeah, those are the big names that I wanted to mention. Um, anywho, but um, oops, let me go back to the video. So yeah, so that's why I made the choice to watch it dubbed. And before I get into the movie itself, let me give a quick history of what I of what I've seen from Miziako. Again, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing his name. I've only seen uh, Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, and Princess Manuk. Oh, and I think of yeah, I've also seen Ponyo. I believe it's pronounced. But I won't lie, it's all been quite a while back since I've seen those movies. The most experience that I have with this film work, with this filmography, is Spirited Away. I actually do do own that one on DVD. And I sat on theaters uh, when it first released and I seen it a couple of times at home. But despite owning it, again, it's been almost a decade since I seen uh, since I last seen it. And um, and yeah, so that's why I wanted to make the that's why I made the choice to watch this in uh, in theaters, and that's why I chose to make a uh, watch it dubbed as well. And so would I recommend this film? That's usually a question I ask towards the end, but for this film, superficially at first glance, it may seem like it's just a coming of age story. And certainly, I think a lot of people were expecting that kind of style, like something more akin to um, Kiki's Delivery Service. While I did enjoy that film, I feel like by the ending of that film, we've only seen Kiki develop her coping skills. So although the film has an ending, she's not really done with overcoming her depression or the issues that she has with the mental health um, circumstances. But we've seen again how she developed those skills to overcome 
anything that may come, uh, anything that may uh, overburden her mentally and emotionally. This film is less like that, and I think it's a film that deals more with heavy and mature themes, something more aligned closer to Spirited Away. Again, superficially, Spirited Away may just seem like a movie that's just a fun, quote-unquote, adventure film, but it's actually a film that discusses the themes of parenthood, responsibility, what it means to be uh, agent form, to utilize one's agency um, in order to become independent. Um, it was just a th movie with a lot more... Uh, a lot more one could dig into than one would expect it to uh, offer, right? That's the same. That's the same instance with the boy and the heron. To reiterate, superficially, it looks like it's just going to be a fun coming of age movie. But when you have, when one actually watches it and breaks down the themes that's present, one would discover that this movie is doing a lot more than just uh, a fun little adventure. With all that being said, though, this is a quite a long movie. It's about two hours and five minutes. Two hours and ten minutes. And one doesn't really feel the pacing. Though, before I continue, let me quickly state, unfortunately, when I saw the movie, um, I did have an audience that wasn't the best of audience. They kept taking up their phone, and they actually did say verbally, turn off your phone. I'm the type of individual, it's like, come on, you're in a community aspect, but I'm not, I don't want to go on a tangent. But I did have to say something verbally, and they were also speaking during the movie as well. If it weren't for those audience members, I really don't think I would have felt the pacing of the movie. But because of those audience members, I kind of wanted the movie to end just because they were annoying me. They being those audience members, not the movie itself. I really do believe that impacted how, uh, how the pacing felt to me. When I try to separate that personal experience from the movie itself, I do believe the movie does a good job with its pacing. Will one feel the length of it? Maybe, if you stop and think about it. But is it worth... Is it worth it to go through all of that pacing? Is it worth it to go out of that, uh, that viewing time? And I would argue that yes, it is. This is a movie where while watching it, one might be thinking to themselves, what's going on? Why is this connected? There is a great uncle, a mother, a stepmother who's a sister to the mother, who the dad is marrying. Just a lot is going on with the characters. An older woman, Kiriko, uh, uh, who's awesome by the way, one might be really confused by all the characters and all the different settings, but by the time the movie reaches its final uh, 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 scene, I suppose, or its final climax and the ending of it, it all just really comes and clicks together. And in fact, I would argue that whether this movie ends, it kind of feels like it doesn't really have an ending. I won't say how it ends with spoilers, uh, but it kind of feels like it's Kiriko's, uh, Kiriko, um, I'm sorry, uh, Kiki's special delivery service, how I personally felt like the movie didn't have an end ending, uh, she's still going to struggle with her mental health, um, but we know that she can do it. It's the same idea with this movie as well. Um, Mehito, um, the main character, uh, it ends with him. One could argue, well, has he overcome his grief? Has he overcome uh, the things that were making him um, closed? Uh, not closed-minded, but closing himself emotionally to relationships. And I think the answer to that would be yes. And why is the answer yes? Because of the actions and decisions that he made during the film. Um, it was, I do have to agree, I, I think it was a great movie. It was a great movie because it makes one think about what they just saw. It makes one think about the characters and what they witnessed. Um, so to reiterate, while watching the movie, if it's your first time watching it, it may feel disconnected. It may feel like a little bit, what's the point of this? How does this all connect with one another? But by the end of it, Mayeko, um, uh, excuse me, I, I know I'm mispronouncing his name, excuse me, um, Meziaki, 
I'm probably not pronouncing it correctly. Uh, I do thank you for your patience. He's really trying to work with a lot of themes and tie it all together at the end. And I would argue he does a good job about that. Behind the scenes, I did discover this, and I do I do feel like this is, uh, one is able to feel this within the movie. As it turns out, the first half, Miziako was really focusing on kind of like an autobiographical kind of story, uh, his own personal life. But while making this movie, as it turns out, with the storyboards, as it turns out, one of his mentors ended up passing away. And the second half of that movie, Miziako wanted the heron to represent or symbolize that kind of relationship that he personally had in real life and have it reflected within the movie itself. Uh, when I discovered, I didn't know about that until after the movie. When I heard about that, I was able to tell. <laughs> the first half really does seem to have a different focus, a different mission objective uh, compared to the second half. Does that ruin the film? No, not really. Uh, if anything, I think it adds more to the mystique of the movie just because, it, again, with the... Oh, in case I didn't mention this, uh, the Japanese film, its original title is actually How Do You Live? And I think this, 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 this idea that I was just discussing really plays well into that title. Unfortunately, in the West, the title was changed to The Boy and the Heron. So I think when one sees that title, again, they kind of think, oh, it's just going to be a superficial light film. But how do you live uh, that title, that it's, which is in a question format, I do believe the film does a good job of addressing that. And the fact that this film has two kind of different trajectories that ends up working well, in my opinion, at the end, again, really reflects that idea as well. So that's a little bit meta. I won't lie. I don't like really becoming meta when it comes to my narratives. Um, but all in all, I did not learn that until after I watched the movie. And it helped me to appreciate the movie in terms of its themes itself. I still enjoyed the movie, even without knowing this background information. With that being said, let's go ahead and discuss some of the actors that were present within this film. So I saw this again specifically because of Christian Bell. I went in a bit blind. I didn't know who was playing who. And I won't lie, I was hoping that Bell would have a bit of a more impactful role. I was hoping that he would be the heron. Uh, but he ended up playing the father of Mayito. Let me quickly, uh, Mahito, excuse me, Mahito. He ended up playing the father of Mahito. Uh, and his name was Suichi Maki. Um, Bell's character did such a great job. Um, his character at first, I did not like him because he's a, he's a bit of a, uh, he owns a company, uh, that p produces cockpits for the Zero fighter plates, uh, jet planes, I believe they're caught for World War II. And, um, his new wife, let me quickly look up her name, um, played by Hema Chan, uh, Natsesko, she states that it's unfortunate how so many individuals are dying. And Suchi's just like, well, it does suck, but it's great business for me. <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, wow, this this individual, right? This guy, what a what a selfish, uh, well, man, what a selfish person. Uh, throughout the movie, uh, again, I'm not going to do any spoilers, or I'll do just minor spoilers. I won't be specific. Uh, I really like the reaction uh, that Suchi had towards the disappearance of certain family members, certain household members uh, that live on on the uh, on his property. Uh, I thought it was very adorable. One could tell that as a father, he does care for and love Mahito. And I don't think he's a bad dad whatsoever. I don't think the movie uh, implies that. Is he a greedy dad? <laughs> Possibly. Maybe. But is he a caring father? Yes, he definitely is. Nat uh, 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 Sisko's character, the stepmom. I won't lie, I did find it a little bit confusing how the dad was marrying the sister. But that might be some kind of Japanese traditional um, cultural thing. This movie is set during World War II, um, so there might be some precedent because of that. I'll have to do some more light research about that. 
Uh, but besides that small tidbit or detail that does make it a little bit weird, once one gets over it, one does appreciate Natsisko's character. They could see, the they being the audience, they could see how Natsisko is doing her best um, not to not to replace Mahito's mother, but doing her best to serve as a mother figure. And um, and yeah, and although her role is not as big, I think she does the her character uh, does a good job of placing the emotional role that she needs to do in order to help Mahito to push on forward. He makes the choice to seek her out. He makes the choice to want to be with Natsisko, be with her not in a romantic way, but in a familial way. And I really did appreciate that. Moving forward, uh, so of course, Robert Pattinson's character, he played uh, the the great heron. And, um, he did a great job. If one was unaware, I actually did not know that was his voice until after halfway through the movie, I was able to, I was able to pick up, okay, that must be Belle's voice. I recognize it. Okay, that must be Chan's voice. I recognize that as well. Uh, but when it came to Patterson, I had to do the uh, 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 eliminate, uh, uh, excuse me for stumbling over my words, a process of elimination. <laughs> there we go. I had to do a process of elimination, telling myself, okay, well, Hamo is the granduncle, uh, Defoe is the noble pelican, Batista, De Batista is the perket king. So by the process of elimination, uh, I realized that the gray heron was Robert Pattinson and he does such a great job of just showing different kinds of emotions and I'm struggling by saying that just because when one watches the movie the heron is more he's usually a lot more uh, not not aggressive just very assertive very assertive and a bit stubborn um, but there's a range within that that Pattinson does a great job uh, of Pattinson does a good job of working with and now that I mentioned it, of course, Mark Hamill does an amazing job as a great uh, as a grand uncle. I won't lie; I, I was hoping that we'll get more from the grand uncle. But again, the story shifts from uh, focusing on the grand uncle over on to or the brother of Natsisko or um, Mahito's mom, her her brother as well. It's just focused from him over on to the heron, and then De Batista. Uh, another minor role, but he does a really good job, really great job with what he has. He plays the parakeet king, and um, yeah, he, he does a good job of, of of representing that disbelief that um, how can you, the maker of this world, be working with another individual instead of I, the parakeet king. I'm being vague on purpose. If one watches the movie, they know what I'm referring to. Um, so yeah, so all in all, would I recommend this movie? Yes, I really would, but with a um, some stipulations. Just be aware that this is a movie that's asking for your attention. It's a movie that's asking the audience to make connections between the characters and what's being stated behind the film. Uh, there is a bit of a meta element, but I went in not knowing anything besides, for not even, I just knew who the actors, which actors would be present. I didn't really know which actor would be playing which role. So I went in uh, almost blind, and I still enjoyed my movie-going experience. I loved the conclusion of the movie. When I looked more into it, and I discovered some more facts about the creation of the film, uh, that did uh, clarify some elements about the film that I felt a bit, not confused, but... It, uh, it just added more information and made things click a little bit more easily. So would I recommend this film? Yes, I would. Again, I saw it dubbed, not subbed. I do have plans to watch it subbed in the future. And I have no doubt that when I do watch it subbed, I'm more than likely going to discover some new elements, new themes, uh, new motifs that I did not notice the first time 
that I saw it. And in fact, really quick before I end this video, one aspect, how do you live? It's just such a question and I do wish that the movie I kept that title. One aspect about the movie that I really did enjoy the conclusion from this movie, so a, a bit of amount of spoilers, but I'm just going to be uh, abroad, not be specific with the characters. But I love how even like the beautiful, I don't like to say the word like, excuse me, even during the beautiful moments of the film, there was still some, not ugly, but realistic points too. Like for example, parakeets are a lovely creature. When you see a flock of birds flying to the sky, especially the type of bird, if it's more majestic, it does give a sense of awe and wonderment. Uh, yet in this film, uh, the parakeets have a big tendency to, um, which defecate, to poop as they're flying out. And I think that's being done on purpose. How do you live? Well, one lives by focusing on the beautiful aspects of life while also taking into account the negative aspects. And one shouldn't ignore the negative aspects. You should acknowledge it, but also don't let these, don't let that negative aspect overcome you. Don't let it define you. Uh, so in other words, to reiterate, uh, I loved how the conclusion of this film essentially states, how do you live? By taking in the beautiful and also recognizing the quote unquote ugly and uh, 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 coming to a conclusion on what to do with that. Um, so yeah, would I recommend this film? Yes, I really would. Have you seen this movie? What's your thoughts and opinions? Please do let me know. Thank you so much for watching or uh, listening. I do appreciate it as always. Have a great day and take care.